Do you have questions about your health? Do you need to find out what's keeping you from feeling your absolute best? If so, your intuition has guided you to the right place. I am Dr. Charlize, and welcome to the Art of Healing podcast community. In this podcast, we explore all topics in health and wellness, from Reiki to functional medicine, energy medicine, chakras, and meditation. Join me every week for fresh new episodes that highlight healers, various healing modalities, and choose this as your opportunity to find what healing works best for you. If you want to learn more about me, simply Google at Dr. Charlize. Enjoy. podcast. This is Charlize, your local Reiki practicing physician. Just kidding. Um, But thank you so much for joining me again. Um, Today's episode, I thought I would um, describe my experience and what it's like to be a physician that practices Reiki. Um, It's um, probably not quite what um, most people will think, but um, definitely it's a blessing to my practice. So physicians, um, clinicians, um, and I'll group anyone um, that provides um, one-on-one patient care. So that could be nurse practitioners, physicians assistants, nurses, um, dietitians, physical therapists, occupational therapists, um, so with all those healing modalities, the one thing that we'll all have in common, um, oh, respiratory therapist, um, <clears throat> is that we all have um, sort of a, a cycle or a, a probably a rhythm to each visit, uh, just like with any industry. Um, so for me personally, um, when I'm about to see a patient, um, there's a several rhythms and things that are going to happen before during and after the visit, and it's pretty universal. Some things might be different. Maybe there's a minor procedure or something like that, but for the most part, there's going to be like a session that um, I have not, either I haven't met the patient or they haven't come in where I'm reviewing their medical information um, by, you know, electronic record now in modern times. I used to be maybe reviewing a paper chart. Um, Then there's the... um, the um, part of the cycle where it's my medical assistant, whoever's helping me that brings the patient in, gathers data such as medications, checks the vitals, um, gathers some of the clinical information. Then there's the part where I come in and um, you know talk to the patient, then do a physical exam, then let them know what I think is going on or what I might know what's going on, you know, if I can make a diagnosis at that time. And then there'll be things that happen after maybe diagnostic studies, um, maybe labs, maybe imaging, 
uh, maybe referral to a different specialist. It's always kind of the same rhythm. Um, so um, before I practiced Reiki, before I was trained in Reiki, I had been a physician for, uh, I'd already been a physician for about seven or eight years. Um, I chose internal medicine because um, I have a preference for complicated uh, patients. I actually uh, like patients who have multiple medical issues. Um, I have a, a problem solving um, thing that I like to, a, a problem solving muscle I like to flex. Um, so um, it suited me to be in the type of practice that was slower, more in depth, where you got to work with patients over a period of time. Um, before I learned Reiki, and um, for those of you that are clinicians or physicians will definitely know the term. Those of you that aren't, but I mean, maybe our patients know that, um, you know, sometimes patients will describe themselves or the clinician or physician will describe patient as, a, you know, a, a train wreck or has a lot of problems, has a lot of issues or, um, you know, you'll hear sometimes physicians sort of describe the sinking feeling when they see the list of reasons someone has come in, something like that. Um, I, I didn't have that feeling so much before because again, I purposely chose a specialty where I hoped to have, um, complicated patients. Um, however, before I practiced Reiki, uh, the biggest thing was that I would definitely become drained, uh, mentally, emotionally. And, um, before I learned Reiki and I was entering sort of my dark night of the soul, definitely physically drained. Um, so now that I have been attuned to Reiki, that cycle of what's going to happen when I see a patient, it looks pretty much the same, but I tell you, it's so much easier. Oh my gosh. So, um, before I see a patient, I'm reviewing their clinical data. Um, Reiki energy probably doesn't play too much of a role because it is so cognitive. It's so informational. It's so left brain, um, that, you know, I, I gather my info. I definitely know what clues to look up, but I don't attempt to make any sort of, you know, tapping in or psychic connection or anything like that. Um, but one of the places it definitely helps is when I first walk in a room and my first impression, the first impression, which um, before learning Reiki, I had been trained clinically that, you know, you can, you know, assess a patient before they even begin to talk. You can just look at them, look at their posture, look at their body language, um, but after learning Reiki, that's like so cool now because I can um, look at the person um, and I don't necessarily attempt to like scan their aura or use any of the skills I've learned in Reiki. During a Reiki session, totally different. But when I'm in the clinic, because I you know, don't know what the person's beliefs are and I wouldn't want to impose, um, I don't necessarily do that. However, um, it is easy to sort of open up that part of my brain to to pick up instinct, pick up things on that patient, even before they begin to talk to me. And um, the a lot of times what I end up gathering is just sort of information, the level of suffering this person is at. That's where it's very helpful. Whereas they may tell me on one hand that they're, you know, maybe come in just to meet me, don't have any issues, but just that sort of quick energy sniff or whiff, I can tell this person's nervous, afraid, hurting, problems going on. Um, so that's nice being a Reiki practicing physician that I know to sense that and I don't have to force it, just know that it's there. 
and be sort of prepared for um, what really brought the person in. Um, the next place that Reiki helps immensely is in the listening, in the history taking or the listening. Many patients complain, um, so much so that it's actually an institutional-wide issue in medicine that when they first meet a doctor, they are interrupted within two minutes of speaking. The, um, they begin to speak, and the clinician, but uh, um, this one I'll say particularly physicians, because I don't really know for the other sort of one-on-one -on -one care providers, um, will interrupt the patient within 10 minutes with redirecting questions. And for many patients, this experience is abrupt, it's jolting, it um, disrupts their train of thought, and is traumatizing. It's frankly traumatizing because um, odds are the issue they're discussing is sensitive, is causing pain. And so they feel dismissed um, within two minutes of the encounter. Um, my nature is that I am a slow speaker and I often joke I'm actually a very slow thinker. Um, even as I'm, um, as I'm learning and as a beginning podcaster, I sort of laugh when I listen to myself. So I think, oh my gosh, my podcast is a cure for insomnia. I speak so slowly. I, I'm, am I putting people to sleep? That's an aside. Anyway, um, so, um, so I myself had never been much of an interrupter. Although um, before learning Reiki, I understood the urge because um, we are in, in American traditional medicine, we're pressured for time. Our our structure of our healthcare for primary care is based on a time-based system that allows a certain number of minutes per patient. So while I never would be a frank interrupter, I would feel a little itchy and a little nervous uh, within a few minutes. Um, this is before I learned Reiki. Um, since learning Reiki and having done it for five years, and I definitely understand where it comes from much in much more depth. I don't think that physicians that do that are trying to not listen to the patient. They're trying to maximize their time with the patient. However, as a Reiki practitioner and understanding energy medicine in combination with internal medicine, I understand now that, um, the listening, the story, that history I'm going to get is the most important aspect. Um, so one of the things um, before I learned Reiki was, of course, I would get really worried about that time and I'd worry if the patient sort of meandered or I perceived meandered off the topic. Now, having practiced Reiki on many clients, <clears throat> having done distance Reiki, Reiki on many clients, um, even having performed Reiki in a clinical setting, um, I now understand that the story, wherever it goes, that is the gold. That is it. That's where it's at. Um, so, and it, it's so fun to me to even see this now. So if I have a patient who comes in with a family member and the patient begins to describe the story and because everyone in modern healthcare is so trained on this um, sort of, you know, watch the time, stay on topic, don't tell the doctor that, that doesn't matter. Um, so I can even witness now as the family member gets upset when a patient comes in and, you know, says, oh, I, you know, I have this abdominal pain and it hurts right here. 
and they'll pause and say, when I was five years old, um, I ate some ice cream and it made me sick and my mom got upset with me and I'll see the family member get really upset. But as a Reiki practitioner, I know that that story they're telling me, that's that's why they're here. Now, maybe the story is going to be kind of hard to box into the the specific topics that we like to have in traditional medicine. Um, so there may be somewhat of a challenge for me to translate that into clinical information, but not not too much really. So I am completely okay with sitting and letting this person tell me a story that seems totally unrelated on the surface to why they're here, understanding that, you know, we are made out of energy. Our physical bodies are energy, but we've got an energy body that's mostly invisible. And while they may be here for a physical symptom, there's definitely an energetic scar that's screaming and letting me know, letting the patient know that here's the source of the problem. Um, so in that part, I, I just take so much joy out. I can't describe how fun that is to um, um, be able to listen to my patient's stories. And they seem so unrelated to why they're here, but I know that they're not. Um, so um, that listening and um, also having learned Reiki, there's a, a, and this, it's hard for me to describe. I try to describe it sometimes to my friends, my, my physician colleagues. Um, once you have strengthened your intuition with Reiki, um, and if you're a Reiki practitioner, you, you know this, or you do any sort of holistic healing without me, you know this, that your your senses become finer tuned and they become sharper and a little bit more effective or a lot more effective. Um, for me, um, my auditory sense uh, seems to be one of my strengths. And um, as a physician, I can use this at times if I'm with a patient who is really struggling to tell me their story. Um, if this is a very painful story and they're becoming very emotional, um, and I know they need to tell me, but this is becoming too hard for them, that maybe a time, I won't say that I necessarily invoke Reiki, but I do tap into my one strength, which is I can sort of listen on multiple bandwidths. So if I sense the patient's getting there and I, I sort of just let them get through what they need to, and then I grab the info I need, uh, and then maybe I am using a little bit of Reiki at that point where I can go deeper than what they're telling me <clears throat> and then easily just sort of um, question them in a way so that it's not traumatizing, but say, okay, it seems you're upset. Um, and my sense is that you've got, you know, a pain here in your abdomen. It sounds like it's been there a long time. You think maybe even since you were five. So does that sound about right? And, you know, they'll usually agree. And then we can move past that. Um, there's probably a great term for that, maybe empathetic listening or something like that. But um, that's definitely one of the strengths is in the history taking. Physical exam for physicians, we're pretty much trained all the same way in how to conduct a physical exam. And then it becomes uh, specific to your specialty as far as what parts of the exam there's going to be details on. As a Reiki practitioner, one of the um, unexpected side effects, I did not think this would occur, but after um, um, getting more experience in both areas, when I first learned Reiki, um, and I've um, mentioned this a few times on my blog, I intended to just only treat myself. I was looking for some 
um, things I could do for myself to keep myself healthy, help myself through stress and anxiety. So um, I did never think I would be performing Reiki on others. Um, but of course, the way of Reiki and any sort of higher energy is that it's going to spread. It doesn't usually just stay contained, which is good. Thank goodness. Um, so before um, I learned Reiki, doing a physical exam, I always followed sort of the same format. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd gather details, listen to the heart, listen to the lungs, listen to the abdominal, the digestive sounds, um, joint exams, you know, looking for inflammation, um, looking in the eyes, looking for details at the back of the eyes, looking in the ears. So before I learned Reiki, you know, that format was pretty much always the same. Um, when it's time for women to have the uh, more intimate exam, which is the uh, genital urinary exam or pelvic exam, that's usually the, always the same format, um, you know, making her comfortable, make sure there's a chaperone there, because um, this, you know, is a very um, um, intimate setting. Um, after becoming attuned to Reiki, however, something I never saw coming, and sure enough, it, it really helps, is that um, I begin to perceive when I do my exam on patients, temperature variations, um, but not quite the same as like if I touch a joint and it's hot and swollen. Um, it was very subtle. Um, now my Reiki clients, when I'm actually doing a Reiki session, when I'm actually have someone set up or doing a full Reiki session, um, those energy shifts and blocks, I'm open to feeling and I expect them because typically with my Reiki clients, we've discussed a little bit what's going on. But when I'm in the clinic setting, um, I will get a variation of that, not usually as strong, but one of the classics that I'll notice is that um, when I'm beating a new patient and in their history, they give me um, symptoms that sounds like they're having a metabolic problem. They may be at risk of diabetes. They may be having um, blood sugar swings that are affecting them. So they're not completely diabetic. But I think their risk of becoming diabetic is quite high. And these individuals, when I go to do their exam, and this is one that's pretty consistent, I'll notice when I go to examine the abdomen, um, not so much that they're tender anywhere in their abdomen, but I perceive a coldness over the solar plexus. Um, and it, again, hard to describe. You'll have to forgive me because it's, um, and I think about this a lot, but it's not so much if their abdomen is cold when I touch it, but as a Reiki practitioner, I know I'm perceiving blocked energy in their solar plexus, which is going to be the beginning of diabetes. And I've experienced this enough now that when I'm working with uh, these patients, I'll let them know, you know, here's what your, your history sounds like. I'm worried you might be developing diabetes. And even your exam, it seems like you're you're getting a little cold in your belly. And so then we back that up by getting our clinical information and, you know, starting our plan from there. But um, for my traditional medical training, definitely not anything I had language to describe before. Um, and clinically, it works out beautifully. And um, finally, um, I think where Reiki helps the absolute most and um it's sort of my my personal dream that I, I hope by by sharing my podcast my blog is that um by being a Reiki practitioner one thing that's very important that I have 
is I can make space for my patients for their emotional shifts, whatever they're going through. Um, it doesn't sway me. It doesn't take me with them. Um, so when I meet a patient, maybe someone who's really having a lot of suffering and they're crying, they may be upset, just, you know, really deep in their experience because I understand energy medicine and I'm able to, um, piece out, you know, what's, what's happening with them, their story. Um, I can make space for them and it doesn't rock my boat. It actually doesn't drain me at all. Um, I know for a lot of clinicians, that's sort of their fears are going to meet the very emotional patient that's going to be crying. It's not that they don't care. It's that they don't know how to protect their own energy. So when they do interact with this kind of patient, they their empathy, which I do believe most people in healthcare are empaths of some kind, um, they know that they will be drained because they really don't have any skills to protect themselves. Having practiced Reiki for five, almost six years, this doesn't worry me. Uh, and I'm at now at the point that I almost welcome those sort of energetic releases because um, whatever brought them to me, um, while I hope I can certainly help if they dump a bunch of negative energy and um, once they're out, I can do a little Reiki on the exam room. Um, no one's harmed. Uh, and they, they can maybe walk out feeling much better. And I've had some patients tell me, oh, my goodness, I don't know why I just feel better. And think, well, hey, however we got there. So um, anyway, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Um, it's um, you know, just sharing my perspective of what it's like to practice Reiki, what it's like as a physician. Um, I do believe with the changes we're seeing in the world all around us that the nature of how we provide care is changing. And I think there is a wonderful opportunity for those that are open of adding to your skill set, yeah, even your clinical skill set with some intuitive caring. There's just no harm. There's all benefit and it helps you personally. Um, so once again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, my website, healingartshealthandwellness.com, um, has got, you know, articles coming, um, some courses coming here in the near future. Um, so again, thank you for your time and have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining during this episode of the Art of Healing podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please leave a review. Also, you can check your show notes to find out how to get a copy of this and future episodes emailed directly to your inbox available to listen to anytime. 
Finally, if you have questions or wish to connect to me, check your show notes to find out how we can get connected and find out how I can be of service to you. 